Um, I mentioned Sunday, you know, where Jesus said, uh, you know, his word is seed. And so never underestimate the power of the word because the word is a seed. And when you, we just started after praying. So you're like, your timing is awesome. Your timing is awesome. We're happy to have you. Yeah. <laughs> Are they done praying yet? Are they done praying yet? <laughs> Good to see you guys. Oh, I, I get to sit right the left hand. at the left hand. <laughs> but that means I'm at your right hand. <laughs> and so I was just saying, like we talked on Sunday, Jesus you know, said, you know, his word is seed. Yes. He's like, this parable will define all other parables for you. You know, the sower sows the word. And so the word is seed. So you can never, um, you should never dishonor or um, hold in low regard the power of the seed of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because I learned this with my own children. Many times, you know, if you went by what it seemed like or what it felt like, uh, you're kind of like, they are not getting this. And what are they doing? And sometimes you get this time like, oh, they're like connecting and they're walking with the Lord. They love the Lord. But I notice if I'm not moved by what it seems like or what it feels like, but I just uh, respond to the word, which is train up a child in the way he should go. Um, And so I take the word and I sow the word into them by just real with them, with children. I just very simply say, here's what the Bible says about this. And this is why. And it's amazing. Like, I'll, I'll actually be ministering that to my own children sometimes. And my head is thinking, like, are they, they're, they're not going to get this. Like, what are they doing? But my heart's like, no, I'm sowing the word. Yeah. So I sow the word. And then I watch that little ship or little boat just turn just like that. And so always sow the word because the life of God is in the word. Yeah. And so when you speak the word over yourself or in any situation, um, you, you are allowing that word to come in and the entrance of his words gives light. Now you're, you're, you're allowing that word, you're sending that word to someone, you're planting a seed. Now they, their ground that they have may not accept that seed. Yeah. Um, that's not really up to you, that's up to them. But for us, we plant the seed or we sow the seed. And then if they're open to that seed, that seed will produce what it is. It'll reproduce after its own kind. And uh, the, the life of God will show up in that situation because the seed has been planted. Or if a seed has been planted, then you're watering that seed. And so, you know, um, Jessica and Gary planted grass uh, way before we did in the fall. And so she has this like and so did Mary. She's not here, but Mary sent me a picture this week of her grass because she had to have these beautiful old trees taken out. They were so gorgeous. Oh, and They're like, you, well, you need to take out all these trees. It costs a ton of money. But anyhow, she got them all out. And so in the fall, <clears throat> they planted all this grass way before we did. We planted grass like nine days ago. Yeah. And so we're just now seeing some fruit from it. Yeah. But Mary, she sent me this picture. And it's like this lush green, mm-hmm. right? So she planted it. But so you plant the grass seed and it's been really dry here. So I've been like watering it. And so when you do it, you're supposed to do it like three times a day in each spot just for little amounts of time so it can get rooted. 
And so I'm going out there and I move, we have one sprinkler, so I move the sprinkler, you know, and keep doing it and doing it as I have time. And you look and it's like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And you're kind of like, man, I, I really, really hope this works, but they say it works, so it should work. And sure enough, like two days ago, I was like, I said, Melody, do you see any? Because it's supposed to have a seven to 21 day germination. And so I seven days, seven days I look and I'm like, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I see it. And I thought, oh, those, those seeds that were, didn't get under the ground somehow. I'm like, that looks like green is trying to pop out from them. And so my wife came and she's like, no, there, there's one there and there's one there. And then the next day it was like everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. And so now I assume it's like continuing. And, um, but the point is have faith in God and in his word, the power of his, his word, a seed, because when the seed is sown, you know, Hebrews chapter four says that the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, dividing asunder or in two dividing what the biggest problem all of us have soul and spirit. And people are like, well, I, I want to do this. And, well, is that really me that wants to do that? Or is that the Lord that wants to do that? Or what is all this stuff? They need the word. And so when you speak the word, people can be, and most time are in confusion. Or if they're, and if they're not conscious that they're confused, their priorities are wrong. But if that word gains entrance into their heart, it cuts like a knife to the most intricate parts of the human. You know, you're a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. It helps define those things for every one of us. And so never, never underestimate the power of a seed and always sow a seed of the word of God because it produces after its own kind. So don't make the mistake of, you, you get with sometimes, um, you know, in politics, you get this way real easily is that, um, you, you get natural thinking and natural thoughts and, and uh, uh, passions that come from your natural man can get really involved. Well, that's okay, but you don't want to let those dominate you, right? You, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. But the problem with uh, uh, politics in particular is those political things many times displace or put in second place uh, the word of God and the presence of God so that people become like, if you're going to, um, what do you call it? Uh, political season coming around, you know, cause it's almost like a year till the presidential election. So you'll find some people have more passion to go talk about their party than they do like their Lord. Well, so I'm not opposed to people talking about their party, but I'm opposed to people putting that before God. Right. So we put God first in all things. King Asa um, sought to the physicians because he had a problem in his body and he died. Yeah. But it wasn't because he went to the doctor. It's because he sought the doctor. Yeah. You understand? Seek first God. You put he put him above. So you don't want to put anything above the Lord. The Lord is top above all. And so when you're talking with family, friends, coworkers, anything. You know, I was in uh, uh, the Philippines uh, a few years ago with Pastor Mark, and I learned something amazing. And uh, we were just talking, and every day 
we'd, we stayed at this hotel that was connected to this mall, so he loved, he loved to just like look at everything. And so window shop. So we're like window shopping in the mall every day <laughs> after, after the service or before the service, middle of the day. And so, but while we're going, we are talking the word the whole time. Yeah. But we are not saying Mark 11:22 says such and such, First uh, Peter 2:24 says such and such. We're, he's talking about you know a lot about giving and different things, but not really referencing this is the scripture reference. But what we're discussing is the word. Mm -hmm. It is the seed of the word. And so, uh, ideally, for the believer, your everyday manner of life and conversation. Mm -hmm springs or has its roots and its spring like a spring of water its source mm -hmm. is the word mm -hmm. and so you're speaking that but you have to train as a believer you have to train yourself to speak the word all the time <laughs> but you don't really want to train yourself you can for yourself or maybe people like that are here tonight because we kind of understand the lingo uh -huh. but you really want to train yourself in the most practical today's culture language. Right. So I want to be uh, real clear here. Not compromise. Mm -hmm. We're not talking compromise or watering down. But I'm talking like you're talking about Egypt. So uh, you go to minister in another culture like Egypt or the backwoods of Kentucky. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you go to Maine. Or you go, no, no. <laughs> or you go to Florida. Well, I'm from the Midwest. So you go to the Midwest. From Massachusetts, where I'm from. Yeah. A hard time there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mother in law is from Massachusetts. Yeah, and so she. A lot of resistance. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have friends pa uh, pastoring over there. They've told us about the resistance. <laughs> the resistance. But you have to understand the culture because when you say something mm -hmm. in the South, <laughs> I heard Patrick Caminade talking about this week on a on the thing I was listening to. And she said when she was at Rama, you know, students from all over, just like Karis, you know, people from all over come. The main campuses, you know. And um, she said, I had a roommate from South Carolina. And she's like, uh, on that stove over there, cut the eye out. Don't forget to cut the eye out. And she's like, what is the eye on the stove? <laughs> it's the light on the stove. Cut it out means turn it off. Turn, it turn off. off the light on the stove. The eye was the light. <laughs> Well, so if you're from South Carolina and you start preaching, you're like, you know, the devil will cut your eye out. Yes. Well, then we might not know, oh, he's going to cut your eye out? Like, I guess he's pretty violent, you know, but we're thinking one thing. No, he's going to cut, he's trying to shut the light out, but he actually can't because the interest of the word gives light and the light drives out darkness. Yeah. If there's any light, darkness is, you know, can't be there. Um, but the point is that you sow the seed of the word and you sow it in a way that people can receive it. Mm -hmm. So I had to, in my yard, I had to take and like, man, we did a lot of work, excavate, do all this stuff. But then right before we're, we're getting ready to sow it, it's all up and down, up and down. So I want to smooth it out. So we smooth it out. And then, you know, where we live at the foot of the mountains, there's rocks all over. So I take a rock rake and get the rocks out, a big yeah. behind the tractor. And then after that, then we took hand rake to get it out. So we're all what? We're preparing that soil to receive the seed. Right. So anytime, um, you know, you're ministering to people, you want to take some note of are they receiving what I'm saying and how will they receive what I'm saying without compromise the message. Mm 
right? Because sometimes people want to like, they want to like, I'm not going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about this or that or whatever. Well, you'd be led by the Spirit. And you don't compromise what the Word of God says. But you might just give them a little bit now. Like a new believer is a great example. Because sometimes you have a new believer. And it's quite, uh, uh, I love it when a new believer cusses out the devil. <laughs> right? Because we would never do that if you've been walking with the Lord for a while. But they're like that. That, that little. Well, that's no problem. They're just, they're going to, you can talk to them about it, but you really don't need to because the Spirit of the Lord, they have a new nature. And their new nature is not going to go along with that long term. And, you know, if you're discipling them and you're real close to them, it's a little different. But, you know, you just, I just smile, you know, because mm -hmm. they got revelation many times and they're like, that, that little da -da -da, blankety blank blank. I'm not going to put up, I used to serve him and I'm not serving him anymore. And I'm, I'm like, that'll preach. But, you know, just, you know. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. Well. But, you, but the point is that you, you sow the seed of the word and you have faith in that seed that you know if I can get them to, and if I can get myself to receive the seed of the word and then water that seed. See, we don't have to produce and we can't produce actually any life change in people. But we can sow the seed of the word and when we sow that seed of the word, that seed if it's watered, it'll germinate and it'll begin to produce and it produces an abundant harvest. So uh, that you wake up one day and you, you, you're like, you're kind of in a general attitude of, yes, I'm, I, I'm trusting the Lord that he's working in their life in this situation. And then the day like they kind of wake up, you're like, what? Mm -hmm. Say that again? Yeah. Why? Because the, the seed, that seed that was sown like you look to the outside and you might think there was nothing there. So when I, when I planted my grass seed and some of the lower area, because we had a big area I had to redo, but some of the lower area, it got a little bit of water a couple days ago because I didn't, couldn't sprinkle it. But today it got like a deluge of water. Yeah. Right? So what? That seed is dormant until moisture hits it and it's warm enough. 50 degrees, right? The ground 50 degrees. And so the moisture hit it the other day, hit it again today. And so initially that first planting didn't do anything. It's just there. And then I raked it in. So it got some dirt on it. And my wife raked and we were so sore. Um, so it was work to sow that seed. It wasn't like it was just real easy all the time. But then once that was sown, then it watered. And then again, now like a bigger amount of water came. And now, you know, it's going to rain again next week. So the next couple of days I'm going to, because that's now been activated. Now I have to keep watering that. And I have to figure out how to get down there. So I'll, I'll water that. But then what will happen? That will begin to produce. But if I went by what it looked like when I sowed the seed, I would say that is a dry, parched land, and that's not going to do anything. But I had faith in the seed. And the seed and the, and the ground and the light of the sun and then the watering of the seed. So you know, like... I always have to sow the seed. And when you sow the seed, it will produce. Yeah. It will produce. And like I say, it's not up to us whether somebody um, 
Everyone has, God is love, so he will not force any of us to receive the seed of his word, but we can present it in a way that is receivable. Like uh, many times, especially if you just graduate from Bible school or anything like that, and I'm not trying to pick on that because I went to Bible school to graduate from Bible school. Anytime you receive something uh, you normally, from the Lord, you're full of zeal and you're excited and you're like, I want everybody to have this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you receive it in your heart and you minister it from your heart, I love Paul talked about in Corinthians, he talks about we minister spiritual things to them which are what? Spiritual. So it's spirit to spirit ministry. But uh, sometimes what happens when you hear the word, particularly in a a Bible school setting, or if you go like a ton of Bible studies, uh, you might hear things and you're getting it here, but you're not really getting it here. And you try to give it away that what you got here, then it's not going to have that life spark in it mm-hmm. like it has here. It's something uh, I ministered Sunday a little bit uh, by the Spirit of the Lord is that when you get revelation from Him and you hear Him, like faith comes by hearing and hearing by Him speaking or hearing by the Word of God, the Rhema of God, the spoken Word, mm-hmm. what He reveals to you, and then you speak from that place, it is the same as Him speaking it. Because it, it has revelation and it has the anointing and it carries that with it. Now, uh, you can speak it from your head and somebody can hear those words with their ear. And if they're looking to the Holy Spirit, it can be rhema to them without it being rhema to you. There's a story, I love it. This, uh, from the, uh, I remember Brother Hayden would tell it. Or this guy, he was, when they were two young men, uh, he was a uh, minister, and he led his friend to the Lord. But that minister who led his friend to the Lord was not Christian. He was just religious. He just had it up here. He never had believed in his heart. And then he went away from the Lord. And Jimmy was the guy's name, I think, that he led to the Lord. And so Jimmy uh, just served the Lord and served the Lord. Well, he saw this other minister like 30 years later. And he saw him on the streets, and he led him to the Lord. The one who led him to the Lord. Yeah. The same one. Yeah. So, like, it's like if you led, uh, or I led you to the Lord, and then 30 years later you come back and I actually was never born again, you led me to the Lord. The point. He wasn't born again, he just spoke the word. Yes. But the word carries power. So, the word word has power when you're listening it, to it through the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's what reveals Christ, right? Mm-hmm. right? He will reveal himself, you yes. know, he reveals God. So when you're listening, you're always listening with your spirit. Yeah. This is why, you know, uh, when Christ ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Mm-hmm. One of those gifts was teacher. You know, there's other ones, pastor, you know, evangelist, uh, a prophet, apostle, so on and so forth, the fivefold ministry gifts. He, has, he gave these gifts. But then the Word of God tells us that you don't have need that any man teach you because you have the Holy Spirit. Some people think, well, that's contrary. No, that's not contrary. What, what the Word is saying is your teacher is the Spirit of God. And to uh, one of those fivefold ministry that is yielded to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will teach you through their voice or through their ministry. 
And ideally, the way that comes is they're yielded to the anointing and they're carrying not only the word, but the word full of glory. So that when they speak, it is as God speaking. So you think about it. If you speak under the anointing, that is like the voice of the Lord. It doesn't mean that it's perfect because it is perfect in uh, the gifts are all perfect in themselves, but they are imperfect in their manifestation. Why? Because they are uh, ministered through imperfect vessels. That's you and me, humans. So sometimes people will start to speak by the Spirit of God, and then the Holy Ghost, you know, that anointing will kind of lift, and, and they they'll want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it brings lots of confusion. People don't understand. Or when people are particularly learning things, they will like flow in and out. Have you ever done that? I've done that. You flow in and out. All of a sudden you're like, well, well I lost it. Hold on. And you come back and go back, go back. And especially as you're learning, you, you'll have those type of experiences. Um, but the more you learn and you work with the Lord, like you have to develop in spiritual things just like you have to develop in natural things. So Tiger Woods was not just an amazing golfer without practice. I mean, how much he practiced. Michael Jordan, how much he practiced. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not like a huge sports guy, so I'll just stop there. So I, I, know, I know some of all, all these. I love to jog and I love to do, uh, do the sports, but I don't watch them so much. And so um, you, but even in that, like my daughter, she wants to jog with me. So now I'm teaching her and training her. So this morning at six something, we got up and we're jogging together. And so I started teaching her because she's like, I'm just going to go. And I'm like, well, if you're going to go the distance, you're not just going to go like that. You have to have some training. Well, you know, in spiritual things, it's the same. That's why Paul said to the Corinthians, you know, you should be ready for meat, but you're only ready for milk. Well, some people don't even turn off the milk. Well, if you turn off the milk, you're not going to develop enough where you can eat the meat. And so, so the power of the Word of God, um, it's primary because He sent His Word and healed us and delivered us. It was because He sent His Word. And there is so much life in His Word that no matter the situation that you are facing, you speak the Word over that situation. So you speak the word over your business, over your vocation. Like you look and you say, especially, this is, this is <laughs> contrary to what the devil wants you to do. <laughs> but uh, especially, and it's contrary to feelings, you especially want to focus uh, your words that come out of your mouth on the word with laser focus when it seems like things are going the opposite direction. So the boss is saying, like, there are no more promotions, but you're believing God because you have needs that need to be met or you have some desires that you need. You want to do this. You want to do that. Or, you know, this person just got the position that you've always wanted. Well, you speak the word. Don't go silent and definitely don't, like, start trash talking like it doesn't work. It's never worked. It's never going to work. Uh, I'm always on the short end of the stick. It's not working for me. No, no, no. That's when you really have to speak the word because why? All of the sensory inputs that you have are speaking something opposite. Same thing with sickness and disease. You get attacked. Well, you stand firm on the word. 
because you try to stand firm on your own, uh, you're no match for the devil or even for most sicknesses and most diseases apart from God. But when you are connected with Christ, if uh, you abide in me, Jesus said in John uh, 15, 7, and my words abide in you, you'll ask, I love this scripture, whatever you want Mm -hmm. and it will be done. Mm -hmm. He did not say uh, you have a good chance that it will be done. Mm -hmm. If you, if you, um, do enough things, it will be done. He said, no, no, here's the, here's the requirements. You abide in me and my what? Words abide in you. So what? Those seeds are living in you. Well, how are the seeds living in you? They have to be watered. In other words, it's the washing of water by the word. So you are feeding on his words. And how do you feed on his words? You're looking from your innermost being and you are hungering and craving and reaching out for what he is saying. Uh, Sometimes I'll put myself in a position of... um, not despair, but a very pressure situation. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think this, you know, okay. Like what if I'm praying with somebody and, and their baby, I'm in the hospital with them and their baby is dying. Well, I mean, the re- why do I do that? Well, because sometimes you might want to be like, well, let me just tell you what I know. I forgot this experience, but if it's life and death like that, I hope you're not going to do that. Yeah. So you're looking to your spirit, to your heart. Why? Because you want to hear from God. You have to hear from God. This is life and death. So in other words, I'm saying I'll put myself or I put myself, I love going back to when I first received Christ. Or in other words, I go back to where I know that the Lord has spoken to me. So when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I go back to those moments where I knew God. And so I'm trying to teach a little bit. How do you ascertain the voice of the Lord? Right. So you have to go back and you find that part of your being, because if you have not developed yourself in yielding to those things, um, it can be a little bit um, difficult because the example I love to give is um, because I love to jog, you know, so uh, so I jog. So I develop, you know, we actually develop muscles up here, too, but not the same as if I were bench pressing or something. But I develop a lot of leg muscle. And um, in fact, uh, I ran a marathon in I think 2013, and um, I'll probably run another one pretty soon. But so when I ran that marathon, I worked at that church in Michigan, and that church, the auditorium in it, would seat 4,300 people. And so it had stairs on the outside edges that went all the way up to the balcony. So you'd go from the main, from the balcony highest, all the way down to the floor. And so I thought, well, this is great. I'm I'm running 10 or 12 miles, practicing for the marathon. So I'm just going to do stairs. While I'm here, I ran like 12 miles, no problem, enjoyed it. I go to like half of one of those sets of stairs and I'm like, (gasps) why? Did anybody know why? Wrong set of muscles. Right, right. Or the wrong part of those muscles. So when you, when you constantly, let's see, you hear something in the news and you respond to it mentally. And you're like, oh, you get all worked up and let yourself get worked up and you go that direction. And then you do that again. And then maybe you pray a little bit or you just kind of put that secondary. It's not the primary thing. You're developing a reason response 
to what's going on. So you, you want to put God first. So I'll hear some things, uh, whether in the news or somebody from church come up and say something to you <laughs> or somebody, you know, like somebody um, when I was on call one time uh, at that church in Michigan. So we rotated on call, you know, um, here I'm on call all the time. But <clears throat> so uh, this guy called me. It's my it was the worst call I've ever had, but it, it got better. But he called me at three o'clock in the morning. And if you know me, when I sleep, I sleep like a baby. I was out. And so I like grabbed my phone and I got like, you know, hello, it's Pastor Tim. And uh, so they connected me with this guy because we had a, a, a phone service that would do that. And so this guy gets on the phone. He is bawling. He's like, ah, ah. And I'm like, I said, okay, calm down. I'm sure it's not that bad. He's like, I just killed my mother. I just killed my mother. And so I am like, you know, just woke up. Half out of it. What am I doing? Well, then I'm like, really like looking here. I'm like, okay, you know, uh, uh, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, you know, you kind of, if you could locate your, your spirit physically, it's kind of from your belly. The Bible refers to it a couple different places that way. So that's why I say look down here. So I'm looking down here and I said, oh, okay. Um, I'm kind of like, no problem. Um, can you? And I'm thinking in my, in my, yeah, in my head, I'm thinking like, I think I need to call the police. Uh, but, and so I said, well, can you tell me how exactly that happened? And he said, well, I took her out of the nursing home for the weekend and she died at my house. And so I was like, oh. But, but you want to, so the reason I said that is you can have any number of situations that try to grab you, mm -hmm. and many times the devil will use those intense type of situations to try to invoke a response from you apart from the word. Why? If he can get you to respond apart from the word, particularly with your mouth, mm -hmm. you have just made a path for you to walk in. And you're going to, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to put those words under that you have already spoke. Those words are out there and they are working. Mm -hmm. And he wants to get a hold of your tongue. And already James tells us that your tongue is like a fire full of deadly poison. Right? But that tongue, what, is, what, is all, what else does James say? It's like a rudder of a ship. It's like a rudder of a ship. Mm -hmm. It's also like what else? If you're a question, yeah. <clears throat> A bit in the mouth of a horse. That tongue, your tongue, somebody else's tongue, that will direct the course of your life. Yeah. You know, you guys, anybody know um, Young Cho from yeah. South, Seoul, South Korea? He pastored the largest church in the world for a long time. He's retired now. And um, so he was meeting with the uh, lead neurosurgeon of South Korea and had lunch. And uh, the neurosurgeon said, we just had a brand new discovery. You guys, anybody heard them? This, <laughs> yeah. You know, Pastor Mark loves to tell this. He says it with a good accent. New discovery. <laughs> and um, he said, oh, what's that? And he said, we have determined that the speech center of the brain controls the whole nervous system of the body. So therefore, it controls the whole body. And he said, oh, I already know this. And he said, you can't know this. He says, brand new discovery. And he said, I already know. He said, how could you know? He said, Dr. James. 
in the Bible. Right. <laughs> Tongue, tiny member, control whole body. <laughs> so the leading neurosurgeons in Korea finally found out what the Bible already said. And they said, and he actually said, so much so have we found that this is true, that if the patient, before they go under surgery, talks negatively and like it's going to go bad, sometimes they die and most times the surgery turns out bad. But if they have a positive attitude and they say they're going to live and recover fully, almost every time they have a great surgery, they live, they recover fully. So uh, your tongue directs your life. So you want to have your tongue hooked to your spirit. But this is the fight of faith. That I'm going to, I'm going to do what Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. Instead of put my faith in what a human thinks or a human says or what my body is speaking to me. Now my body, your body has a voice. And your mind has a voice. The voice of your mind is called reason. And so you respond to what the Word of God says. And the best way to do that is you abide in Him, which is, you know, you get born again, and then you live from that place, and you let His words do what? Abide in you. you. So what does abide in you look like? They live in you. They find they find that his words mm-hmm. find their life's expression in you right. and through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. So h- h- how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, by what we said earlier, which is you allow the, the life of those words to live through what you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Like I- I've said many times, Especially for me, like in, in ministry, I use this all the time. But if I wasn't in ministry, I would still use it. And that's, I was looking like, what are the confessions of Jesus? If you look to see what the confessions of Jesus are. The first confession of Jesus that I ran across was in Matthew. And what Jesus said is, you know, they said, uh, hey, you got to be hungry. We're all hungry. Let's go into town to eat. He kind of rebuked them. He said, my meat is to do the will of God and to finish his work. Wait, Jesus didn't just like say stuff to fill the space. (laughs) He set his course, his declaration, and that was his faith speaking. Mm -hmm. My meat. So when I I saw that, it it just, so you know, sometimes how the Lord speaks is your attention is drawn to something in the word that you haven't seen before, or you hear the word spoke. And uh, Mm -hmm. when I say you haven't seen before, you haven't seen it with that much clarity from your spirit or from that angle from your spirit. Mm-hmm. When I say that angle, uh, we were just in Colorado, such a beautiful state, and um, we went to Cottonwood Pass. And so Mel- Melody and I climbed up Cottonwood Pass. But on Cottonwood Pass, you climb up, and like each side of that mountain looks different from each, from each angle. Mm-hmm. And you notice like vegetation is different and the rocks are different and the slopes are different and everything was different, but it was still the same mountain. So you look at the word with the Holy Spirit. uh, Peter said, we preach the word with the Holy Ghost. And so you look at the word with the Holy Spirit and I I believe there is endless revelation that we will be receiving now and in heaven. And so uh, you work with him. So you got to learn to work with him now because you can be working with him forever. If you're born again, he's come to live with you forever. 
And uh, I don't have the scripture reference for you right now, but actually, uh, if it's a surprise to you, it'll be a surprise to you, but it'll be the word sown. Uh, the Bible talks about that we have to learn stuff in heaven about God still. So some people think like, well, we're just going to know everything. Uh, well, uh, we will know many more things. But right now, we look through a glass darkly and dimly. But the vastness of the Lord is never ending. So anyhow, there's, there's other scriptures about that. So you, you look to the Lord from your spirit. You let his words find their expression. Like you want, ultimately, we are Jesus in the earth. So the more that we do what Jesus did, the more we'll look like Jesus in the earth. And Jesus said, I only do what? What I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. We do so much better sometimes if we would just zip our lip until we hear from the Lord. Like sometimes, you, you don't ever, don't ever let someone pressure you into speaking. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? If the Holy Ghost is saying you need to speak this, that's different. But he's not going to pressure you. He's going to invite you and give you every opportunity to say you really need to speak right now. But I'm talking about somebody's like, you know they're dying. You know it, don't you? You know it. What do they want? They want you to agree with them. Yeah. Misery loves company. Yeah. Well, you can't believe that, they're, that the Lord's going to do something. I mean, they're too far gone. They're looking for you to say, so you don't let people pressure you into say something, especially if you're trying to minister to them. Mm -hmm. You just say, well, I'm looking to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, look to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, because don't think that you're bigger than Jesus. Jesus had a lifestyle of seeking his father. If you look at his ministry, he had a lifestyle of prayer. And uh, like we said a couple weeks ago, you know, one of the greatest elements to prayer is humility. That you humble yourself and seek the Lord. What's the main scripture? Uh, yeah, he'll exalt you. In due time. Okay, and what's the main scripture for praying for the country that a lot of people use? In Chronicles. Second Chronicles. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. But you see what he said? Let's stop there for a second. If my people, so you have to be his people first, mm -hmm. if you abide in me, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. who are called by my name, mm -hmm. right. we are called by the name of yeah. God. You know, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, where uh, Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord and pray. Do you remember what he said when he prayed? He said, behold, you know, the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir came and surrounded them. Yeah. And he said, behold, they are trying to come and cast us out of thy possession. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
out of thy possession. You remember what he said in Isaiah? I, even I, I think I was 43, am he that blotteth out your transgressions. I will not remember your sins for my own sake. And Paul talked about you are the body of Christ. You are Christ in the earth. Anyhow, so, so if my people who are called by my name. We, we should just look there. Let's just look there real quick. It is uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I think it's chapter 7? Yep, verse 14. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Now, uh, I think right after Baptism Sunday, we're starting that humility series. I'm so excited about it. But humility is you're putting yourself under. So you're coming under. So uh, I think this is such, this is like, I mean, the Lord doesn't laugh at the, at, at, and doesn't take any pleasure in, uh, He takes pleasure in the prosperity of His people. And prosperity means like you're fulfilled with more than enough in every area of life. It's not just money. Uh, but he doesn't take any pleasure in the despair of his people. But I, I kind of get a chuckle when I read this, and I think the Lord must like kind of chuckle maybe. Because he said, you know, so many people, at least in the United States, because I'm more aware of the United States most of the time, uh, pray this prayer for our nation, or say to, say to pray this prayer. Yeah. But saying this prayer doesn't mean that you're doing the prayer. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, <laughs> if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Come under. Well, I, I kind of get a chuckle because we use this for political reasons in the nation most of the time. Like, in other words, well, Paul told Timothy, you know, the will of God is that all men come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But right before that, he said, first of all, pray. For kings and for all that be in authority, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Why? Well, because he wants all to be saved. And in that environment, people can come to the Lord much easier. And so, so the reason I think it's kind of funny is it's real easy um, when you're dealing, dealing with uh, the rulers of a nation you're dealing with principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness that are behind those rulers, like Daniel talked about. Right. So you have a lot more behind them than what meets the eye. Mm -hmm. And so the tactic of the enemy is like you get upset at Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or uh, 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 what's the guy's name? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of... Um, the Republican uh, minority leader, uh, McCarthy, right? Is it McCarthy? Right. So I try to do two from each party. <laughs> and so, and, and some independents or whatever. But you get upset at the person. Oh, I was just reading today. <clears throat> Concerning prayer and praying for those that are sinning. Do you know the scripture actually says that you are to grieve for them? 
that you are to, from your spirit, it's like intercessory prayer, like in uh, Romans chapter uh, 8 it talks about. Uh, the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. One translation said it cannot be spoken in articulate speech. But so our heart is to be open to the Spirit of the Lord so that we grieve for that. If someone is actually missing the Lord. But the reason I thought this was kind of funny is because this is used for to pray for governments so many times. And yet, if you don't humble yourself and come under the mighty hand of the Lord, yeah. you're not doing this. So, I, I don't like to say because publicly, because, you know, people have different political uh, uh, leanings and persuasions. But your politics should always be birthed from the Word of God. That, that, that's, that's all secondary. And, uh, you know, neither party is pretty much 100% uh, biblical. Uh, but, you know, uh, sometimes uh, some parties are like uh, out there, but I don't want to, that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. So, you humble yourself under the hand of God. Why? Because otherwise, so there's one particular party leader that I was just like, man, that person, like I mentioned, did I mention this last week, two weeks ago? That person, like, you know, if they could get under my skin, they'd get under my skin. But that's my skin. So more deep-rooted in me than my skin is my spirit. And so I realized, and I believe the Lord was showing me because I was looking to the Lord, because I try to live a lifestyle of prayer. So a lifestyle of prayer for me is I'm always from my spirit looking to, what's the Lord think about this? What's the Lord saying about this? What, what do you think, Lord? That's why some people, they might ask, hey, Pastor, will you pray about this? And I'll be like, I don't have to pray about that because... I live in communion with the Lord, so I know what He's going to say. Some things you have to pray about. Mm -hmm. but, but many times somebody will say something, and in my spirit, I'll immediately know because I stay in communion with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect at it. I'm not saying that either. But you develop your spirit enough, you know. Yeah. Somebody, some, and the people that maybe don't live that way, they feel like, well, don't you need to pray? I'm like, no. You said that. As soon as you said that, I had some register on my spirit, and I knew. Mm -hmm. So I knew. <laughs> but... Um, that you get so natural thinking or so stirred up. So like this person, I would get stirred up. And so the, the Lord dealt with me. And uh, I guess I could say it like this. So how it first started to happen was I would think of this person or I'd, I'd see them and I'd get a little stirred, a little agitated. <laughs> and, it, you know, is it ever with you like this? Like you're like Enoch walked with God and he was not for God knew him. Uh, you know, so, or it took him. So it's like sometimes you sense like, okay, here's your spirit in communion with the Lord. And here's your flesh or the other part of your being, uh, your flesh and your realm of reason. And you're kind of like aware that this is here. And you're aware that the Lord's like, really? But you're like, okay, just, just for right now, I want to feel, I, I want to feel the grat self, uh, the flesh gratification of this dissatisfaction. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like your flesh loves to be upset, yeah. right? So you, you start to get that rise. But you know like the Lord is there. So when, this, when I first started having this happen, it would be like I would think of this person, and it was like I'm kind of like if it's uh, Bethany is the spirit of the Lord and, and connected with my spirit, I'm kind of like 
I'm not going to look at her so that I can do this thing. Because I know if I look at her, I'm going to be like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you know? Kind of how I feel. <laughs> well, so, so, so then, so I did that. And then it was like, I could tell when, when I, when I kind of got agitated, I could tell Bethany was not real pleased. <laughs> Bethany being the spirit of the Lord. I was like, she's not real happy about that. Right. But so then it happened again, maybe like the third time. And then I, I kind of looked at Bethany, the spirit of the Lord, right? I'm using her for the spirit of the Lord. I kind of looked in, in my inward man and the Lord was like, now Tim. And he didn't have to say anything more than now Tim. I'm like, well, actually he did. He said, he said, now Tim, have you prayed for for that person, <laughs> and and um, and uh, I, I, I so no, well no, <laughs> and he didn't have to say anything else, and so then I prayed, and you know what happened when I prayed for them? Mm. Oh my Lord, I got such a heart for them. Mm-hmm. I pray for them so frequently now, mm-hmm. and you know I don't know, I, I just believe the best for him. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I don't know if they'll ever respond, but I know my prayers for them have made tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So I know that they have that ability and that the Lord is trying to move on them. So, you know, for their benefit, I'm thankful for that. Uh, For my benefit, I have to give an account so I'm thankful that I'm responding to the Lord so that I have been available for him because he wants to work in their life. So my words about you. And so with this, if you don't humble yourself, uh, that's why it was comical to me because a lot of times people that are leaders in praying for the nation, uh, uh, and I'm not saying I know when people humble themselves and don't, I mean, clearly sometimes you can tell when they're not very humble, <laughs> but if we don't humble ourselves and pray. So many people have prayed, but not humble themselves. They even pray, Lord, we're praying this scripture. Because uh, uh, we're your people called by your name and we humble ourselves and pray. Well, they're taking it as prayer is humbling yourself. Well, real prayer is humbling yourself, but just because you're speaking to the Lord in the name of Jesus does not mean that you're humbling yourself. Like, I'm saying, um, I don't know if I'm, okay, so you could get a parrot, maybe, trained to pray this verse of Scripture, but his words don't gain access into the presence of the Lord because he's not coming by the blood of Jesus like a believer can come by the blood of Jesus. So just because I parrot what is written in Scripture doesn't mean that I am getting into the presence of the Lord because it is, but because in other words, it is by faith that we get into the presence of the Lord. And how, what is an act of faith? It's called believing if you believe with your heart, <laughs> put it in my mouth, I got ahead of myself. You believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. 
you will be saved. You know, Jesus is Lord, of course. That God raised him from the dead. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Confess the Lordship of Jesus. Um, you will be saved. With the heart, man believes. But with the mouth, confession is made unto. Well, if I'm believing, if I'm humbling myself and praying, uh, then I'm getting into the presence of the Lord. I'm coming under his mighty hand. Well, faith really, an, an, if you're going to pray, if you're going to use the name of Jesus, to be honest, I'm getting to the next series. You're humble if you're actually doing it, not just mouthing it. And so you, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Somebody say, well, yeah, everybody got to turn from their wicked ways. Well, they do need all to turn from their wicked ways. But you know, if your ways are not birthed from the word, uh, they're kind of wicked. So we're talking about developing which muscles? So my leg muscles, I never finished that. So if, if you want to see me go climb like in uh, Tulsa, they didn't have much vertical rise, but maybe 20 feet or something, a little rock climbing. And so I go to climb the rock. How do you think I climb the rock? Well, my upper body, I don't know if you noticed these guns, but see, I'm trying to see, get when they come up. Like, be like my son, look at that. Well, I'm going to use my legs to do most of the work in that rock climbing. I will never be a good rock climber if that's all I develop. And when it comes time to do something, I'm going to use my legs. And if my legs don't work, I may not be able to cross the gap. I may not be able to ascend where I want to ascend because I've used my legs. Well, if you develop your natural man, the natural side of who you are, the intellectual side of who you are, only that side will dominate you and you don't even want it to dominate you. It'll take priority. But if you humble yourself, who said first Peter, I think you, you quoted it. First Peter, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You know, he'll exalt you. He'll lift you up. Will you humble yourself under his hand first? Then if you're studying in school or you're, you know, somebody in here who's studying for their doctorate. Anyhow, somebody is in the church is studying for their doctorate right now. But if you're studying for your doctorate, you know, you got to humble yourself under the hand of the Lord. That's a lot of education. But man, if you put God first and you study for your doctorate, you are a force to be reckoned with. But if you study for your doctorate and you put that here and you put the Lord's things down here, you are a danger to yourself and a whole lot of people because you're going to get so much head knowledge. Uh, those seeds will come in. What time is it? Do I have time to tell this illustration? Okay. Thank you. So, uh, Dad Hagen told us a story about this guy that he uh, was in the, some of the Southwest universities. He was a professor in the universities. It's kind of a gross story, but it's really good, and it came up here. So um, he was a professor, and he retired, and once he retired, he got out some of his old books, and it was the psychology of the criminal mind, I think. So he taught psychology and other things. So he was just, you know, retired, and so I guess he had the time. So he was reading these books, 
about the mind of the of the criminal. And so he started molesting little girls. He was a believer before this and filled with the Spirit. But though the, the Spirit that inspired those things got in him, right? He wasn't fully possessed yet, but, he, you know, it's called uh, demonic oppression. And so he started yielding to those same spirits that he was reading about. So you start reading after the things of the devil, and that's your input. Those things can get a hold of you. That's why in the news or, um, uh, you know, I, I use politics sometimes because we're kind of in a political area. I don't know if you noticed that. But, um, but also, it, politics, many, many Christians' lives are stronger than the Word of God. Oh, no, they've strengthened that muscle. So, so much so that you'd be like, well, I, and the same thing uh, with family. Sometimes you'll find people that have a legitimate salvation experience, but they're like, my family has gone to this church for 20, you know, 50 years. They founded this church, and I'm not going to leave this church because my family. And so uh, I'm not against family. Uh, I'm not against, uh, you know, politics in a godly sort of way. But it, it, nothing could take, should take the place of the Lord. You have no other gods before me, right? So the Lord has to be first in your life uh, in everything. And so this guy, he heard Lester Summerall, uh, anybody know Lester Summerall, <laughs> on the radio? And he's like, uh, you know, but he's too far away. I, I, wanna, I want some help, you know. And his wife was divorcing him because of all this and everything. So he called up Raymond to see if he could see Brother Hagen, and uh, he actually met with him. And he said, well, he said, I, you know, I can uh, cast these things out, out of you, but um, if you don't make some changes, you're going to be worse off because the devil, that's the principle of the enemy. He'll come back, you know, worse. He said, I will. He said, well, first of all, you've got to get rid of all those books. He said, preferably burn them so nobody else gets a hold of them. And so he did, long story short, he did. And within a year, he was completely restored. His wife went back with him. And he said, he said, uh, the devil tried to come back one other time. He's like, but I did exactly what you said. I had burned the books. I fed on the word and I prayed in the Holy Ghost for 30 minutes every day. Wow. And he said, so he said, he said, so I'm completely free. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't, didn't open them back up, not doing them again. But the point is what you let in those, those are seeds, whether you realize it or not. And, um, you know, what you feed on, you can actually go into uh, people's houses sometimes and there's been like a fight or an argument between the husband and the wife and you can pick it up in the atmosphere uh, if you're spiritually keen. Uh, and so it, it makes a difference. Also, what you're looking at, what did you set before your eyes? Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. My son, attend to my words. Well, uh, for tonight's lesson, we could say, attend to my seeds. Don't let them depart from before your eyes. Keep in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So that life, that seed has the life of God in it. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He basically said, y'all think you're living, but you're not. That's not living. Hmm. 
uh, Daisy Osborne said, preached a message called, You're Never Too Dead for a Resurrection. <laughs> Never Too Dead for a Resurrection. And so uh, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and He'll lift us up. Let's read that scripture in, in closing and then we'll uh, have a little discussion in prayer. Um, that's in First uh, Peter somewhere. Get it over here. First Peter chapter 5. Let's uh, start with verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the older. Yes, all of you be subject one to another. I like that. He said, yes, all of you <laughs> be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For Why? For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Look at that. The, this is the word of the Lord. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verse 5. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. And so you, you, your flesh can be like, but that's no fun. Like when I have to like humble myself and everything. Why? Because the will of God is that he not resist you and that his grace have a clear flow to you. Is it interesting? Like the natural mind says, like, if God wants it done, it's done because he's God, because we know God is all powerful and all knowing and all present because he is so amazing. So we're amazed at the awesomeness of God. But many times the natural mind forgets that God has bound himself to his word. And in order for him to be love and to be righteous and to be just, he cannot violate his word. He won't violate his word. Mm -hmm. So what? He said, listen, listen to my instructions. Humble yourself, clothe yourself with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you say like, how come this automatically of healing? So how come it's just not there? Maybe you've got a pride problem. Because healing is, 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 the, is a grace from God. It's part of the grace of God. So like Andrew says, it's already yours. But if you don't humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord, you're not even going to look to what belongs to you from the Lord. Why? Because you know you just deserve it. Because you're pretty awesome. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you need to pray to the Lord every once in a while, but you can just handle it on your own. So, of course, healing would the Lord would give you healing because you're special. Like, don't you understand the call that you have compared to other people's calls? Right? These are this is how the enemy. What did he do to Eve? The Lord knows you're going to be like him. He doesn't want you like him. He's like, I've already experienced that. I already became like the Lord. In fact, I'm, I'm going to set my throne above the Lord's. So I don't want you taking direction from the Lord. You take direction from me because actually I, I'm, I'm over him anyhow. That sounds like 
uh, something in the business world of let me step on you to get ahead. Yeah. You take direction from me. Don't listen to the big boss. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to have a position over your man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll get through this. For God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, in other words, looking at this, because of all of this, I'm instructing you, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Isn't that awesome? Like you don't have to humble yourself under somebody else's hand. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There is might there. There is power there. There is protection there. There is provision there. There is prosperity there. There is healing there. There is strength there. Natural mind says, no, no, you just do your own thing. You, you, you run that person off the road because they cut you off. So that was for you, Dave. Okay. The mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Okay. Whew. We got to go. All right. That reminds me of that you're not supposed to put a new believer in a position of authority lest he get puffed up with pride. Right? So that the Lord may exalt you in due time. Well, a lot of times his due time is later than our preferred time. But sometimes if we had our preferred time, we would get lifted up in pride and fall. And if you're talking about the things of the Lord, even not even the things of the Lord, if anybody, if you're the kind of believer that the Bible talks about, then people know that you're a believer. And when you fall, it affects people negatively. Uh, uh, Paul said in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, all of these uh, things in the ministry that we experience, what? he said that the ministry be not blamed. You know, we sacrifice, we do this, we do that. Why? So the ministry be not blamed. Because what happens? The ministry is blamed when people fall. And it doesn't have to be like of your persuasion where people fall. So um, casting all your cares, verse 7, uh, this is humility. Casting all of your cares upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, uh, uh, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And of course, you cross-reference Philippians chapter 4 there. Uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So if you're going to pray, you're going to get rid of your worries, you're going to have to pray. But in order to do that, you're going to have to humble yourself. Because he said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, casting all of your cares upon him. So worry is one of the greatest acts of pride that you could actually commit. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but, but many times worry is birthed from developing the wrong muscles. So you, you've just, you, you've trained yourself through your actions and your words, you've trained yourself to not respond from your spirit sometimes in certain arenas. And so you have to train yourself to respond from your spirit. So I love to, I love to quote uh, Paul, I keep my body under, I bring it into subjection. Yeah. Right? You have lusts of the flesh. Yeah. So I mean, I, 
I, I started quoting that verse when I, when I would jog. Because <laughs> my body lusts to stop sometimes. Yeah. It has a very strong desire to stop. Yeah. Stop doing this to me. <laughs> well, I like to do some physical activity because I like to tell my body, you're not the boss of me. You're not going to call the shots because your body wants to call the shots. Mm-hmm. I'm too tired to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to, I want to be stimulated by, you know, uh, like I love research. So I want to be stimulated by intellectual research mm-hmm. more than by the word of God. My mind tells me this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do this. Mm-hmm. Well, y- you hunger for what you feed on. So if you feed on the Word of God, you'll have a hunger for the Word of God. Yeah, that's true. But if you start feeding on all these other things, you'll have a hunger for those other things. How do you stop it? You just make yourself feed on the Word. You say, self, I will feed on this. Amen. All right. Anything thing, do you want to make a comment with the whole group or... I'm not picking on you. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not saying you have to say that. But I was just... It's, 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 what's the Spirit saying looking, to you? Looking at cars or looking at the Word. So you can it's hard. Well, you're like with... Keith Moore is in the same boat. You know, you just be like, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> well, I... I'm joking, but I'm as serious yeah. because you, that's how you, you do the word. You say like the, the, those, those magnificent machines did not come from the devil. Yeah. Someone got an idea from the Lord. Yeah. Like Henry Ford blessed all, basically all humanity because he got this automobile from the Lord. And so you can enjoy uh, things that you, the Lord wants you to enjoy all that stuff. He does, just doesn't want it to ever take his spot. Right. Yeah. And that's not because he's selfish. That's because all real, f- okay, Dave, <laughs> because all real fulfillment in life starts inwardly yeah. with him. And if it doesn't birth from that place, it's superficial and limited. But when you get it from him, he's eternal and unlimited. And so you realize, like, this is from you, the unlimited God. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you gave to somebody like that. In fact, I'm going to pray that prayer for myself right now, that you give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Like, you're like, isn't it amazing the wisdom that God could give to someone to do this? Do you know, I believe that that's not the last, that's not the most refined that that engine can be. You know, like this guy, what's his name from uh, Kenya that just ran a sub two hour marathon. Mm -hmm. First man in the world who they said would never be done. He has just run a marathon in two hours, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. I mean, excuse me, one hour, 59 minutes, and 40 seconds. He just, just last week, he just ran this marathon. They said it could never be done. He broke the two-hour barrier. That means every mile he ran, he ran in four minutes and some odd seconds. Every mile for 26.6 miles. Well, so I read that, and I like to jog, right? And I'm like, ooh. He was, he was 35 years old. But I thought, then I'll, so all week, so I read that. So this is what I'm, I'm talking about, about what you're saying. So I read that. So all week, what's been on my spirit is, 
How many believers have that attitude? I thought, you know what? There is so much more understanding, so much more revelation. There is so much, like we limit the Lord so much. Like this guy, because and he's a jogging evangelist. That's his, he said, the reason I wanted to do this is I wanted to show people it's possible. I want to get more people running, more people jogging. <laughs> but see, you see that. So like you say, like, this is the wisdom of God. So in your own life, they could just spur like you onto prayer and your connection with the Lord. But you're talking to other people and you'll be like, isn't that amazing? You know, I believe that the, the magnificence of that, the excellence of that originated in heaven. And I believe there are more things like that in heaven. They might look at you like you're crazy, but they're, they're the one that's crazy. As you say, like, God is awesome and he is amazing. I think Mopars are divinely inspired. He thinks Chevys are. Mopars? <laughs> I, think, I think both. <laughs> I think there is one thing I think Fiat's are straight from the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing is now Fiat owns Chrysler. Yes. <laughs> and they're very inspired. Oh my God. <laughs> but Christianity is never supposed to be. On Sunday, I'm a Christian. On Monday, I go to work. It is my whole life is lived from this new life that is living in me. Right? <laughs> if, if, if you abide in me, you live in me, and my words live in you. So our whole life expression is to be from that relationship and reality of Christ living on the inside of us. When that is my reality, it changes. Like when you become conscious of God living in you, oh, so many. You, you want to try to stop sin and just get conscious that God lives on the inside of you. You're like, whoa, he's living on the inside of me. Try acknowledging him. Just try to say, Lord, what do you think about that? Everybody has an opinion. So people give their opinions, and you just say in your own heart or real quiet under your breath, say, Lord, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. One thing I try to do that maybe I've let slip a little bit, so Lord, forgive me, is I try to at the end of the day is say, you know, people like to have accountability partners, and it's good if you have a good accountability partner. But I say, Lord, what do you think about what I did today? Mm-hmm. I'd much rather hear from his response today than when I pass on. And he said, well, I wish you'd ask me. <laughs> I wish you'd have asked me when you were on earth. You could have made some, you could have made some corrections. That's why I love to read the uh, love scripture every day. Because many times it'll set my course, but I find at least probably half the time it corrects me from the previous day. Because I'll be reading it in the morning, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm not even thinking about it, and I'm reading it, you know, thinking about what happened the other day, the day before, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, ooh. I, I, I would not thought that I didn't do that, but I know because I see it now right before my face, even though I have it memorized, I still read it. I, I pull it up and read it. I'm like, ooh. My estimation before looking at the mirror of the word, even as, you know, I'm not trying to put myself above anybody, but as I read it like all the time. So as well as I know it because I read it all the time and I try endeavor to make it that I'm feeding on it. When I see it and take that time and just like, okay, Lord, I, I want this to, that you've put in me to really come out through me. I'll look and I'll be like, ooh, yeah, I could improve there. 
If you read the love scriptures and you don't feel like you could improve, you have a problem. 